0: to split the screen episode 32 um or one i don't know i can never Nicely remember remembered. yeah the the split the screen of the 17th of february 2022 uh i'm your host ben ostwick aka biggest Vegas. No,
1: Vegas wow. apparently now yeah <laughs>
0: I don't even know my own name. Uh, Biggus It's because I didn't uh, stream today, so I'm like, you know, I've, I've forgotten my whole identity. And I'm joined, as always, by James Gurnalist. Ed Nightingale, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thank you, Beggus. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very, very
0: well. I'm never going to let that down. It's going to be the new Bingus, isn't it? After that person called me it. Yeah, i have got been a lot doing... of
1: names. Bingus, Beggus, Gus. Gus, yeah. Big Gus.
0: We're actually recording this on the Wednesday night instead of the Thursday night, just in case people wonder why when we when I stream straight after this I have a sudden costume change. Uh, it's because we are <laughs> recording this on Wednesday uh, because we do have a very special guest. Shall we go straight? Let's let's go, go into our guest. Okay, we are joined by the one, the only, Cafeella.
2: Yay, Ooh-hoo. Hello.
0: How are you doing?
2: <laughs> I'm doing good, thank you. Oh, welcome. How are you?
0: Doing very very well. Thank you so much for joining us
2: so happy to be here thank you
0: all right well we've we're got, saying yeah Ed's gonna sorry, grill you now as you
1: joined like i love your background it's just it has just the best cozy vibes it's amazing
2: <laughs> thank you i'm so glad i put the fireplace on for you so we can oh. warm ourselves on it
0: cozy vibe. cozy vibes <laughs> is your stream isn't it it's uh it's totally real. You, it's yes but yeah yes. we've ed's gonna give you a grilling now because uh as a journalist yeah <laughs> I'm really not. I'm really not. (laughs) I just want to hear more about
1: the cozy vibes. Like, why, I guess, why Why cozy vibes? Like, (sighs) why has that become your thing?
2: It's uh, funny. Um, I think I've always been drawn to these type of games, like the cozy games. But when I started streaming, I was a student and I had a very busy schedule. So all I wanted to do in the evening was just turn off my brain and uh, play something that was just, you know... Winding me down a bit, um, kind of calming me down. I felt like when I played competitive things, I think that would always like stress me out more than it actually helped me. So I always preferred those type of games. I grew up with a lot of Nintendo games. So uh, the cozy gaming is definitely something that has been accompanying me my entire life, I would say.
0: Do you ever play um, like more competitive games off stream or?
2: I guess the only competitive game is, and I only sometimes, let's say like once every two months, I play with my brother and his friends. We play League of Legends ARAMs.
0: Okay, yeah. And I have oh. no idea
2: what I'm doing. They're very sweet to me. <laughs> like, they're always like, no, you're doing great. And I know I'm like totally bad. Oh. Can I... By the way, can I swear on You can her? yeah, feel <laughs> <Okay>. free. <laughs> I'm totally shit. <laughs> I'm so bad at it, but it's really fun with friends. Like, I, I enjoy that.
0: Oh, they haven't um, played. I always find, though, like, with competitive games, I, I find it really hard to go and, like, calm down and go to sleep afterwards.
2: <laughs> yeah, true. As I said, the only good time is when you're, like, with people on Discord and you're just, like, laughing and, like, just talking about something completely different while playing like a, a game that is supposedly competitive yeah. but uh, yeah I don't have the desire for that I think I would be too try hard I think
1: yeah I, I would hate to do that with an audience I don't want people <laughs> watching me get angry
2: <laughs> yes oh my god back then like when I started I streamed League of Legends once and I, and never again I cannot look at the chat at all and I i like, sometimes you just get so riled up and I'm like, no, this is not what I want to do in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: So when did you first start streaming?
2: Uh, I started in 2016. Actually, I have my 60th anniversary in two weeks, I believe. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Uh, thank you. And actually, funny, uh, I moved to England at that time um for my studies but i had to wait until the autumn for my studies to start so i didn't really have anything to do so i was like okay let me learn the language a little bit better and maybe play some games maybe find some friends because i also didn't have any friends over there so or like when i moved over there first i guess but yeah and so I started streaming,
1: <laughs> and now you've got friends all over the world.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how it goes, right? It's yeah. wild. <laughs>
0: yeah, I started streaming when I was in Spain. Must be, uh... <laughs> yeah, it was oh. nice, good way to make friends with. Yeah, like I said, you know, you don't make friends with the locals, but you make friends with people all over the yeah. world.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so introverted and like awkward. I didn't even know where to start to make friends yeah. back then. Like you, you're just like in a city you don't know. You don't go to school anymore. It's not like you meet people just like that. Yeah, it's uh, very odd for sure.
1: Yeah, um, Twitch is a great way to meet people.
2: Absolutely through something that
1: everyone loves.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many like, like genuinely nice and genuinely fascinating people that you meet. Yeah, and I think it gives you a great insight about wow, okay, these people in this part of the world, they care about this right now and others care about that. And you get like a way more holistic picture on on people and humans all together, I think.
0: And it's a really good way to meet people like through the same hobbies as well. Because I think people, when they go on, uh, like for example, dating apps and things like that, they're just, it's instantly like whether you're attracted to that person. But I, I don't know, I feel like if you're going to be with someone you're going to make friends with somebody just getting through that you know a real a shared interest is really is like the best way to yeah to meet absolutely
2: like you've always something to talk about yeah it's really good
1: <laughs> so we've sort of mentioned the cozy vibes but what kind of games specifically do you tend to play
2: oh my goodness so on on twitch i mostly play well my stream grew via pokemon uh, so I play a lot of Pokemon games whenever something new Pokemon gets released, I will play it because I think it's uh, it's definitely like nostalgia wise, but also like pace wise, a very comfy game for sure, because you can just play it in your own time. And Pokemon are cute. And there's uh, a big fan base around it, obviously, as well. And the community is also very, very sweet. Yeah. Um, so I played that. I also love Stardew Valley. I grew up with farming simulations like Harvest Moon. I played Harvest Moon Two on the Game Boy Color, and That's Harvest sweet. Moon: Friends of Mineral Town on the Game Boy Advance. And uh, those, like those, are my happiest childhood memories. So I, I love Stardew Valley and and everything that has to do with farming and crafting. Um, so, so I think those are my go-tos. Animal Crossing as well, of course. We love Animal Crossing. Yes uh the pandemic game <laughs> it really is yeah literally the first day
0: it came out on the Friday and that was the day I was furloughed for covid oh, so it was just the perfect yes.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh I think it was a lifesaver for so many and I think you could that really reflected on like the the twitch communities and the the numbers as well right like there were a lot of people suddenly uh who wanted to play and uh, be active in that game yeah that was definitely very very cool and interesting like it had something good at least as bad as the time was
0: <laughs> what do you think to uh, story of seasons have you played much oh
2: of that? i i do love story of seasons um i appreciate it that it goes like i think purposely in a little bit of a different direction but story of seasons of course does come from the harvest moon games mm. uh, i don't know if you all know about the uh, there's, like, this trademark thing going on with Natsume and... The um, the one. x or Marvelous yeah. Games, yeah. yeah. Um, so Harvest Moon became Story of Seasons. And um, I, I personally prefer, like, the pixel graphics. They are just mm. more nostalgic for me, so that's just a personal thing. Mm. Um, but I, I still think that those games are really fun to play.
0: Yeah, it was uh, the the was all right and then they brought out the PC version and it was a lot better. It ran a lot oh, more smoothly. Oh,
2: really? Yeah. I have not tried the PC version.
0: Yeah, they I got one through um one of the stream. I think it was like Keymailer. You know, they the, or oh, it might have been another one that they they sent me a key to to stream it and I was like, "Oh, oh wow, this is this plays a lot better than uh, than the Switch version."
2: That's so nice because yeah. I I've been contemplating trying the PC version, especially um friends of mineral town the remake because oh. friends of mineral town is my favorite harvest moon so i really wanted to play the remake i have not gotten to it to this day because oh. i've just been ah oh, i just get slumped in other games it yeah. seems um but that's definitely still on my two playlists but if it's on if it's more smooth on the pc then i might try it on the pc actually
0: yeah because i'm guessing the frame rate's capped to something where there's quite a few dips below 30 on the switch so it's mm-hmm. I guess you haven't been bitten by well. Have you been bitten by the Final Fantasy XIV bug?
2: Oh yes, I have. Oh, me and Final Fantasy XIV are like an on-off relationship. Same. Same. Same.
0: It's like a charity <laughs> for me. I just pay them every month. It's like a gym membership. I pay every month yeah. but I just don't play and it. Don't use. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I've been um, I've been playing since twenty thirteen. Wow. Uh, even before Heaven's Word came out, I started playing. And um, I I started with friends back then. and uh, in the end, it was just me Aww. and another like one friend, like we were the survivors kind of like we actually pulled through and played the game. <laughs> and then I played for a good two years, I think, uh, basically almost until I moved to England for my masters. Mm. And um, and then I stopped because I just didn't have the time and I wasn't really interested in it anymore and then i i gave it a couple of tries whenever like a new expansion comes out i always yeah. like play that um, i did play very intensely last year last year summer i went into raiding again as well oh, nice. which was very interesting mm. yeah we did the the savage raids like all the wow. way up to 12 it was pretty good goodness
0: me. wow um, yeah i've never done the raiding i just i love the story in Shadow- <laughs> shadowbringers though it just it made me kind of like not put that game down for a good few oh weeks. Oh, my God.
2: I love yeah. the bunny girls. <laughs> yes.
0: And now we can have bunny boys.
2: <laughs> yeah, now the bunny boys as well. They're oh. so good. I love how they, in- yes. they
0: included them in the new story as well, the new expansion. But I mean, yes. what I was thinking was there's the new farming update that's coming at some point oh, this year. Isn't
2: that's true. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. I it, might have to keep on paying my subscription. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if it couldn't get any more addictive, they're now going, oh. hey, you can get farming.
2: that's right oh my god i might have to look into that yeah i was actually very excited when they announced that
0: yeah i don't think it's they've mentioned much about it since have they Uh,
2: no they have not but they've been really busy with those servers right like yeah
1: Yeah, that's really taken over
2: it's been wild
0: yeah i'm intrigued by it
1: (laughs) and i know you do as well as playing pokemon you do a lot of pokemon art as well on 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 the pokemon cards like how did you get into that
2: Oh my gosh, uh honestly I remember seeing someone on Twitch doing that to magic cards. Um okay. I forgot the name of the streamer but they've been inactive forever. Um but I I saw someone doing that and I was like, <laughs> "Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder <laughs> if I can do that to my Pokemon cards." And then I googled it and I saw um there was actually like already like some viral article about it, like about a person painting those cards. And I'm like, wow, this looks really good. So let me try it. And I made my first card. uh, I think it was 2017. Um, And uh, then I've just been keeping on going, but also on and off because I wish I, I wish I had all the time in the world uh, every day and, with art it's also like you have to be in the right mood for it which is additionally a thing but i i love it like painting cards is definitely really really fun and i love to do that for charity for example like give away cards or commissions uh it feels really nice to do something good something personal
0: as well isn't it
2: yeah for sure do
1: you choose which cards to do like would you be scared of oh this is a really rare one i don't want to touch it or or are you more like i want to go for the more common ones that i can get away with
2: (laughs) it's actually really funny that you mentioned that i've never been scared of that um but now that there's such a card uh in like inflation and prices like it's been i think it was all since was Logan Paul, I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. since they bought like those uh bo- like those first edition boxes, like since Pokemon cards ones, have yeah. taken <laughs> off.
1: Ed wrote an article now... about that. Yeah. <laughs> I did. It got trolled. It got
2: trolled. <laughs> oh no, oh no.
1: Apparently it's not news.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no,
1: no one likes him. Yeah. So they just wanted to laugh at him losing money.
2: Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> I mean. I don't think it hurts him too much, to be honest. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that hurts him too much, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, but yeah,
1: prices have gone up
2: since then. I'm actually looking up the prices, like, because I have a lot of cards purchased from back then when they were super cheap, and they're not like great condition or anything. But when you see like a card, oh wow, this one is twenty dollars now. Should I actually paint over this one? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know um i i look it up but i think in the end i i just paint the cards i feel like painting i wouldn't paint a charizard or anything i think people would really hate me for that (laughs) i think i would i'm actually scared of that whenever i post a card that people are like oh no what did she do to that card
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so last question then what is your favorite game of all time
2: Oh, that's a very tough question because uh, that is very tough. But I, as much as I love Pokemon and as much as those games have been really accompanying me, I also love The Sims. I love Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind as a game I grew up with. But my favorite game, and I, I think I evaluate that by the time I've spent in it, first of all, and second of all, how much it's been helping me getting through dark times in my life it's stardew valley (laughs) it is stardew valley like it's just a game i can turn on and i can lose myself in it and it has so much replay value and i've um i i deal with depression um sometimes and um it's always been a comfort game for me like even when i feel The lowest of lows like when I find the energy to turn on Stardew Valley I know that everything is gonna be okay
1: (laughs) oh I love that I still yet to play it I literally have it downloaded and I still haven't started it because I'm scared that I'm gonna get so addicted I will play nothing else
2: (laughs) that is a very valid fear but you have to tell me when you start because I wanna I wanna be there
1: (laughs) I've I've been tempted to stream it but then I'm scared because so many people have seem to have such strong opinions about it that I'm like, mm. people will come in and be like, "You need to do this." You need to. Oh, do that. Yeah. I'm like, I just oh, want to enjoy. Yeah, it. Back oh mm, yeah,
2: the backseating. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta draw your boundaries with that. I I I think especially with games that so many people love and feel very passionate about, I think it's never coming from a bad place that they want to help, but it's really really important to be like, "Hey, listen, I I want to do this myself." So maybe you're right. Maybe it's actually good to try it off stream yeah. first. Hopefully uh, you've got
0: some good uh, moderators,
2: or you recorded, maybe.
1: Mm. I could record it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a good just... show. I'll just become a YouTuber. There we yeah. go. Yeah, sort why it. not? Like Jake Paul or Logan Paul or whatever. His
2: name is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really good for your Twitch as well. A lot of like uh, discoverability on Twitch is definitely like you don't grow on Twitch because of Twitch most of the time. So, yes.
0: yeah. What um, sure. what mods do you have for Star? Do you, do you have many? That oh my
2: god, I have so many. Oh, <laughs> I have like a lot of cosmetic mods. Uh, like that makes everything look very cottage core, yeah. kind of medieval. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. makes the game look a little bit more mellowed down in colors and a bit cozier. I love that. And lots of flowers. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a couple of um, the only mod that I currently run that influences my gameplay because I don't. Like everyone can obviously play however they like, and that's also a really big and good accessibility thing. That there's mods that make things easier. For example, there's a fishing mod that yeah. turns off the mini game, Thank which goodness. is really really good. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hand eye coordination for that. Mm. Um, for for I'm um, reeling in those fish. So that I'm there's a, at that. yeah, yeah <laughs> that there's a mod that gets rid of it is actually a good thing. Mm. Um, I have a mod that makes the sprinklers work at the beach farm because uh on the beach farm in the sand you usually come plant sprinklers but I love the beach farm but I also love to have <laughs> a lot of plants I was like ah I'll do that yeah
1: <laughs> I think that's allowed um, <laughs> yeah oh, I have so much to learn yeah I mean, you mentioned accessibility we're going to talk about that a little bit later because yes. you do work in accessibility which yes. I'm really excited to hear more about so we're going to talk about that in a bit um shall we talk about what's been splitting time then
0: what's been splitting our time yeah what have we been playing in the last week see i'm not doing this live voice because i don't have the chat here so i can't you know wind, <laughs> wind them up with this other voice um but yeah what uh, what's been splitting my time well i've been streaming uh, i've put it on pause for a little bit but i've been streaming a bit of bayonetta on the switch um Excellent. i've Ooh. i've enjoyed that it's definitely it's like 10 years old um it definitely feels 10 years old but it's one of those games that just has amazing controls i mean that is the main thing uh the main draw with it is just the controls and the feel of it linking these attacks chain attacks whizzing through it like that is just yeah it just feels great even if it does kind of ruin your thumbs because it's just constant presses presses presses, presses a million times getting these chain attacks um i love it and the music is fantastic um so good isn't it like a remixed fly me to the moon or something like that it is yeah yeah And it's played quite a lot, and it's it's in my head just just thinking about it now. Um, Yeah.
1: As (laughs) soon as you said it, I was like, "Yep, that's That's so
2: cool."
0: The voice acting's really really good in it as well. Um, The story, I have absolutely no idea what's going on, Um, and I don't really (laughs) think it's. I know they're just they're going for lots of kind of religious imagery, which is very cool and all. But I'm just like, well, it looks amazing. I'm going to read up on it afterwards because you find books in there and you can read them and look at them. But I don't have the time or the patience. I'm there to like kill monsters and. (laughs) It's a very good, it's like, stressful leaving game.
1: Yeah, it's just all about Bayonetta. Like, she's yeah. a sassy witch. She's super, like, overtly feminine, Yeah. which I think she was designed, like, by men thinking we want to have a really feminine character. And then it's sort of been taken on by, you know, other communities who are like, we love her. She's a gay icon.
2: Yeah. Else, <laughs> which is hilarious. I love that so much. <laughs> Mommy, sorry. Mommy, sorry. Yes. It's all I can think of. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's brilliant, and
0: yeah, and she refers. Doesn't she refer to the guy as Cheshire because he's she's treating him as the pet or something like that, as her pet? I didn't quite get. Kind of, yeah, but she like. I think
1: there might be a story reason, but you're you're testing me now.
0: She does look down on him, and I quite like that. She's just like, yeah, you're doing stuff for me.
2: Um, Oh my god, I love her. (laughs) Yeah, she's
0: brilliant, but like, it is such a sexual game, like, and it's just bizarre. You just. The amount of times I've kind of just been speechless with what's happened in there. Like, There's one where you're fighting something and then you put them on top of a spiky wooden horse and then kill them and on top of there with like a, like splitting them over it. And there's a torture rack that you kick a monster into and it shuts and they explode. And my favorite was there was a fountain, like a cherub fountain where it's taking a pee and, you know, it's like a fountain there. And she shot it up the cherub's uh, little uh, little pecker and went up inside and, and like shot him. And then it blew up. I was like, okay, where did they come up with this idea?
2: That is so good. Oh, oh my God, I need to play this It's now. so, it's
0: brilliant. And it's, those are the things where it's like split up into really, it definitely feels its age. Uh, it definitely shows its age a little bit, but in also kind of a nostalgic way where, The levels are all kind of numbered when it finishes. It's like end of mission and then you can save and you can start the next mission. It's very like I don't you don't necessarily see that that many with games with games nowadays. They'll kind of just flow to the next chapter or flow Mm. to the next thing was there. They're like, nope, that's it. That's the end of it. Here's your score. It's
1: a good score attack game. It is
0: very Devil May Cry, which apparently it was created by the same
1: guy or same. Hideki Kamiya, I think. So he created Devil May Cry um, at Capcom and then he founded Platinum Games. Mm. Um, who then went on to make Bayonetta and Verus. well, I don't know if he founded it, but he was involved with Platinum who yeah. make Bayonetta and lots of other games you so yes, lots of similarities between them, I think some people think they're in the same world mm. um, so there's a chance that they might there might be a crossover in future.
0: I want Bayonetta in Mario Kart now, that's my thing though I, I need her in Mario Kart.
2: <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing <laughs> She's already
1: in Smash Brothers, yeah. very overpowered Yeah
0: well, just imagine like a really overly sexualized Bayonetta whizzing around Mario Kart levels, Rainbow Road,
2: on like a mini motorcycle. Yeah,
0: well, see, <laughs> that would be
2: so funny. In Bayonetta, With her there's a huge mo- legs.
0: Yeah, when it- <laughs> there is it the motorcycle. You do get the really cool motorcycle in, um, in Bayonetta. There's like a whole level where you're racing along a motorway and blowing True. things up and driving over rid- uh, bridges. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. I would definitely love to see Bayonetta in that.
1: Um, But apart from that, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Bayonetta 2 when you get there, because it's a vast improvement. The controls are better, it's smoother. I think the story makes a little bit more sense. Well, that's um, not hard. But the fighting is (laughs) is is better. Like it is a big improvement.
0: Well, yeah. Well, apart from Bayonetta, I've been also playing. Speaking of great controls, Destiny 2. um, Been playing a fair bit of that still. It's still the best controlled shooter I've ever played. Um, I love it. There's the Witch Queen DLC coming out next tuesday um which is going so it's because right like right now i'm not trying to power level because i'm 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 past the soft cap um so everything else if i'm wanting to get like a slight increase i'm having to do kind of like hard activities or tough activities but then in like less than a week it's going to be where i'll just do a couple of missions and my level will be 10 levels higher than it is now whereas instead of i could be i could grind for a couple of hours to get my light level up one or two or I can just wait for the DLC and I think I'm just going to do that because it'll put the soft yeah, cap way higher like a waste of time <laughs> definitely definitely so now I've been doing some other little quests like trying to get some exotic weapons uh, because like, if I look at my quest tab there's just so much to do but it is great but oh my god it is just the worst game for I don't cannot I can't think of a worse game for brand new players um, I'm sure there are some like Dota I think things like that but <laughs> it is terrible it literally will throw you into a seasonal activity like it'll, into the latest seasonal. So if they'll bring out seasons. They'll give you like random. Sometimes when I load it up, there's a mission to do and it'll throw you straight into that mission, but it throws new people into that mission. Like everybody just gets thrown into it. Even people who are like, well, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing here. Why? What is this story? I don't understand. There's also no explanation for about the story. I mean, they removed the entire campaign from when it first came out. So that whole campaign's gone. The two DLCs have gone. The next one is about to be which is also a brilliant one is about to be shelved when the witch queen comes out. And like the raids I've done raids before but that raid doesn't exist in the game now. It's just I find bizarre. Um but then there's not really an explanation for the story so far. So they just kind of just throw you in and they're like okay, do what you want. And I've
1: mm. it's not just ideal.
0: No, it's really confusing and like...
1: especially when it's a free to play game and loads of people are going to just jump in and dabble with it. You you want it to make sense and you want to be linked up with people at the same level as you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sounds like Bungie has to ramp up that accessibility.
1: (laughs) They do. They've got I mean, accessibility I
0: feel like for the actual in-game stuff is fine, but when it comes to accessibility for people who are new starting out,
2: onboarding is also part of that for sure, and easing the you know, the entry barrier into a game for sure.
0: If, if you look into like the Destiny subreddit, which can often be quite toxic, I go in there and have a look sometimes, and it's it's the number one complaint by apps by far. It's just, it's terrible for new players. And mm. it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's also, I mean, super genuine from people who love Destiny because they're like, I've got my friends, I want them to get in, and they've tried to play it, and they've just gone, I've no idea what to do, I'm lost. What do you mean I'm meant to do some PvP matches? Like, why? Where's the, there's no yeah. reason to... <laughs> Yeah, it's just really confusing. Um I'm hoping the Witch Queen might change a few things, but who knows?
2: Mm. Fingers crossed. Maybe across. there'll be
1: Destiny 3 from Sony in a couple of years. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: yeah, know, Sony's bought Bungie. But, yeah, but I mean that exactly. might be Sony they might be like, yeah. can you can you clean that up please? Make it an actual game that people can get in and and enjoy. You never know. Mm. Yeah. Even if they just like announced say okay, oh, we're going to give a new I mean, they did that with New Light, but even if they just said, okay, we're going to create a campaign again and that will always be there for new players. And it kind of just teaches them the basics of what's happened and, oh, yeah, just do that. (laughs) Just because so many friends I'd love to, and I know people would love to play it because it's such a, like, it feels so good and it plays so well. And there's so many different activities that you can do PVP if you want, or you can do PVE or you can do big raids or you can do match-made dungeons or you can do a PVPVE kind of weird hybrid, which is called Gambit. Yeah. Lost already. It's like two two <laughs> teams fighting. Uh, the two teams against each other, but they're fighting. They're PVE fighting. And they've got to finish it first. Mm. But you can also one person can invade the other person. So it's it's they call it PVPVE.
2: <PvP-2>
0: <laughs> wow. It's a yeah. It's a really cool concept. I'll show you it sometime. Uh, but it's yeah, it is. It's great. But yeah, just it's a nightmare for new people to play. <laughs> uh, have you played it, Della?
2: i have not no yeah. never touched it
0: yeah it's i mean it's free to play but if it's not you might quite easily say it's not your thing because it's a i mean it is a first person shooter as well but it's sci-fi kind of confusing story. Uh, yeah
2: i heard it's pretty good but yeah it definitely i have like a huge gaming backlog oh. so shooters are pretty far down on that <laughs> yeah, list
0: i can see Oh, <laughs> uh, and what, what, what has been splitting your time lately like what have you been playing recently
2: Oh, I am on the Legends Arceus oh, uh, Pokemon.
1: Yeah.
2: It's uh I had a I feeling
1: th- you might say that.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's clear. I was actually very excited for that release because I love open world games. I love Breath of the Wild a lot and um it's uh it definitely reminded me of that already in the trailers and I didn't know exactly what to expect but I was just hoping we can run around and catch pokemon and that's exactly what we can do and I think it's a really fun game. Uh very I think it's very completionist oriented. Um I'm definitely having fun. I think the story like the dialogues are a little bit long. They could have done some voice acting and as always Pokemon, please. You are the most the biggest video game franchise in the world. You can afford an accessibility person. Like they're literally unplayable for uh for people with various disabilities. And it's it's really disappointing that after 25 years of games, there's just nothing. <laughs> It's just really sad. It makes me feel bad for enjoying the games because I I feel I feel like everyone should be able to so um but yeah um, other than that it's it's a it's definitely a very interesting direction for the franchise like going away from the round based main games that are rather set and uh, routed um going into like open world definitely very interesting and definitely also very good and natural step i think everyone wished for that open world pokemon game for a very long time mm.
1: yeah. i've been very much taking my time with it so i'm still i'm only in like the third area i've only just got there The sort of oh beach i
2: think me too oh okay.
1: um, so i'm i'm way behind but i'm i feel like it's really kicking my ass and i sort mm. of love and hate that like i love it because it's a challenge and i'm not used to that in the pokemon game but mm-hmm. equally I'm not used to that in a Pokemon game, so don't kick my ass. Just let mm-hmm. me like <laughs> go mm. through easily. Um, and I feel like I'm dying a lot and not doing very well, which is surprising for for a Pokemon game.
2: Yeah, for sure. They did ramp it up quite a bit with quite some encounters, like the Alpha Pokemon. They're really dangerous. Mm. Like I lose Pokemon all the time. Um, I'm glad I'm not playing in this lock here because I would <laughs> have no Pokemon. <laughs> um, shiny hunting has been really fun too. Um, with the outbreaks, I don't know if you've explored that already, but it's it's fairly easy and kind of it's kind of nice because it feels more rewarding um, than doing the encounters. I think it feels more natural, at least I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's, uh I think it's it's fun altogether. Uh, yeah. And I've also been taking my time. I'm I think also in the third or fourth area right now. Like not very far yet. I think I'm midway through the game.
0: I was watching I was reading Ed's article about accessibility and I'm pretty sure it was in that where you were interviewing various uh streamers and they mentioned that uh I can't remember who it was, but they were like, Oh yeah, I think it might have been Steve Spawn. Um is that his pronunci- is that yeah. the pronunciation? Sorry, Steve Spawn. Spon, I think. Spawn, Steve Spawn. He uh said that like, oh, it's no game is playable for me on the Switch like the switch just has zero accessibility i cannot play yeah. a single game on the switch whereas mm-hmm. like i believe playstation and xbox you know they do have accessibility controllers yeah. and
2: remapping yeah. and
1: stuff where switch is just all there are third party ones as well but yeah. the switch it's like you can't build anything to go with it from what you, i understand
2: you got to homebrew either and make your own like accessories there's a third party manufacturer called hori they made like they make like a ton of like switch accessories they did come out with an accessibility controller but i feel like that doesn't help you anything if the games are not geared towards it like if you can't remap any keys
0: yeah and you can't like, you can't even control the volume limited. in like the de- in uh, in the nintendo's kind of the home made games yeah
2: that too or none of the games has stereo uh mm-hmm. sound um mm-hmm. shout outs to Ross Miner who is always uh coming my streams and letting me like letting me know a lot of like details that i'm missing out because uh um because i i'm not even like you know looking for those things but uh ross is uh, completely blind and says okay if uh, a game has mono sound i don't know where any of the sound is coming from and it makes Mm. complete sense like there's no way to orient yourself by Uh. sound and um And I think those are like such small things that you can like shouldn't be a problem to do with nowadays video game technology. Right. But someone Mm. has to think of it when uh, implementing it. We're going full accessibility already, by the way. I love it.
0: Yeah, I read actually recently, I think there's a a new PlayStation 5 update. There's one coming out soon where because apparently that was only in stereo. So you couldn't switch it to mono. So people Mm -hmm. who are like Death in One Ear, for example, they couldn't play the game because well they'd be missing if something was yeah, only one ear. Yeah, yeah,
2: of course. Yeah. There's there's always multiple perspectives to the same uh <laughs> well to the same feature, right? Mm. So customization is really, really important. Just yeah. that you give the option is that's quite crucial.
0: Yeah. Uh but I, I love I love Pokemon. I finished it. <laughs> well I got credits anyway. Um, <laughs> that's good. I just it's the, my favorite Pokemon. I think who knows in the future i might look back and go you know that was my favorite pokemon game i ever played because i mm. since i mean i was somebody that adored red and blue when it came out and just played it so much mm. finished it and then kind of grew because also my brother had i can't remember if i had red or blue my brother had the other one and we would go on holiday and we'd have like the link cable battles and stuff oh and my god yeah <laughs> so we'd always try and get better and better because i'd like can't lose to him we were very very competitive uh, oh
2: my god <laughs>
0: But yeah, this is the, the best one I've enjoyed. The one I've enjoyed the most since then. Um, but you're right about the completionist stuff. Like I've finished it. I, don't, I won't give any spoilers, but they're just like, hey, here's a load of other quests you can do. And I'm like, mm. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I just seen yeah. credits and had like, a, yeah. Be going a while. The ending. So yeah, I think, and it's like, yeah, complete the Pokedex, obviously. Just like every mm. Pokemon game. And yeah, okay, Great but uh, i did see a little thing apparently the more your pokedex is complete the more battered your pokedex book looks like on the screen
2: oh that's so really cool they can do little things oh, like I that accessibility that. no <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah details yeah they can do little details like that but. yeah mm. one thing i do will get annoyed is it, it definitely has a bit of a inventory management game in there like the um like yeah
2: in, for sure oh
0: your bag is always i I don't understand because the original the other pokemon's like the base games they're pretty good aren't they for uh, i mean you can switch pokemon out on the fly from your the boxes yeah or you can also like all the tms and hms i if i remember right there's like loads of space for those
2: i don't really get the bag limitation no i feel like it serves no purpose yeah and it costs yeah, so much. I, and expanding
1: yeah. it is so expensive as well. Yeah, it's mm.
2: true. I, I just think, I mean, yeah, they created an incentive for money, but I don't know if it was the right thing. I feel like inventory were like very spoiled by now by having like rather big inventories. Um especially in open world games, it can be quite frustrating. Yeah. Um I, I really think Zelda was pretty good here. I don't think they gave a limit. Mm. Um on what you can carry, which was really good. It just feels more rewarding when you like going into the last corner of the map and mm. you like find things and then you just can't take them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's open so world annoying. operates very differently mm. here.
0: Exactly. Whereas Destiny does it perfectly. You can uh, you can mess around and send your inventory sure. on your phone. Sure. You can download the <laughs> app and you you can download the app and actually move <laughs> things around in your in your vault to your inventory on cool. your app and anything nice. and also anything that you miss in a level if you miss anything and it's left down uh, it gets sent to the postmaster and you can go and get it Ooh, afterwards
2: nice
0: uh, maybe it does do some good things destiny <laughs> it's not wasting my entire my time entirely by playing it <laughs> <laughs> um anything else Ella, have you been playing anything else
2: yeah i've been playing um well stardew of course um what year are you on been- i just started a new file um had a sponsored stream on the weekend and we did nice. some okay viewers decide what i have to do so it was kind of really funny because they sent me to talk to the wizard all the time instead <laughs> of taking care of my crops uh, it was really hilarious that was very good
0: were you very frustrated at the same time
2: uh it was i i just had to like give kudos to them because they timed the cards so well it was really funny
0: nice.
2: um yeah, <laughs> and then I've been playing a uh, ROM hack actually, um, Pokemon Renegade Platinum. It's a okay. It's like a modded Platinum game that is just much harder than the original Pokemon Platinum. So it's like all the gym leaders and all the rival battles and a couple more battles. They're just really hard uh, because the Pokemon have like competitive move sets and competitive items, so you need to strategize. And when you play a Nuzlocke, um, for everyone who doesn't know what it is, once a Pokemon faints, you have to pretend that it actually cannot ever go on ever again. So I always say it doesn't die because I feel like <laughs> that's so cruel. It takes it takes a long nap in the box.
0: Goes to the farm yeah. upstate. <laughs> until,
2: until the end of the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um,
0: and at the end they'll, they'll come back there. Uh,
2: yeah exactly and and when you uh, lose a battle uh, entirely you have to restart the game hmm. so it's a, it's a little bit of a challenge run and that has been really fun for me because I've played Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl uh, and hmm. that was my first well Nuzlocke and I played with a it's called a hardcore rule set so there's a couple of additional rules like no items in battle no over leveling um you play in you play in set mode so you don't get free switches when you defeat your foe's pokemon so suddenly it becomes like a very strategic game how you're gonna you know Mm -hmm. use and i i didn't think i would like it but i absolutely loved it i fell in love with it um it kicked my butt and uh since i almost lost at the third gym i actually got into calculating Like, I use a a Pokemon move calculator, um, and I just planned every battle. (laughs) And, I mean, it was a little bit exhausting sometimes, because I want to just wind down and not think. But uh, it has been a good sort of contrast, I think. Uh, And it's still cozy.
1: it proves how in depth that battle system is because you think of oh it's Pokemon it's a kids game yeah. it's really easy and then there's so much depth to that
2: yeah there there's a lot to learn like there's a lot of small details that like I learned so much in those four weeks of playing my Nuzlocke then I ha- I haven't been learning these things in twenty years of playing it's so <laughs> funny it's it's really interesting. Yeah, there's lots in
0: really interesting. How do you like uh, Pokemon Shining Pearl, is it Shining Pearl, Brilliant Diamond, yeah, and Shining Pearl? Yeah.
2: I really loved them. Mm-hmm. I think they were really good. I know a lot of people didn't like the graphics, which is fair, but I think it just felt like a DS game on the Switch. Um, yeah. like with the top-down perspective, everything looked very cute, and I I really mm-hmm. liked that. And uh, the um the battles they were actually not that easy like they made the gym leaders and especially the elite four and the champ quite hard because they gave them um well competitive move sets they gave them competitive items which i think no game has done before Mm. and they also uh gave um them fully trained pokemon like you know you can get like these it's called ivs and evs so ivs are like hidden values that every Pokemon has at random. So every Pokemon you catch doesn't just differ in like nature and ability, but it also differs in those hidden stats. So how right. good it can become. Um, and the EVs are something that you train via battling. So, so your stats like attack, defense, special attack, special defense, and speed, they are erased by battling certain Pokemon. So the more you battle with your Pokemon, the better it becomes, actually, which is something I don't know if everyone knows that, but I did not know that until generation six <laughs> that special attack
0: special defense thing i have no idea what that does i just put it all into the other
2: <laughs> oh my god we gotta do we gotta do a, a class <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: yes please yeah for both of us i'd love to do a this at some point i feel like that would be really interesting maybe not as extreme hardcore rules as uh yeah some, but... you don't
2: have to every rule set is so valid and i mm. always say play however it's fun for you yeah but how, yeah. do you,
0: how do you involve chat in your Nuzlocke as well? Because they're mainly for streaming, aren't they? Like the Nuzlocke, wasn't it designed for people streaming or was it just for people to get an extra challenge? How do you mean? Was it uh, like originally was... I, I'm i sure I read that the Nuzlocke was created for people to how they can also interact with the stream.
2: Yeah, so I guess it's it's very interesting with chat because there's definitely, you know, there's a lot of like very good Nuzlockeers and a lot of people who have played those games before and they know a lot about pokemon so there's always going to be people who help you or try to help you or mm. give you input um but uh i <laughs> but i always say like you trust your own calculations yeah. the best um i
0: saw some rules and they were like oh, as soon as you catch someone you are not allowed to keep the same name you must rename it to something else uh, like that
2: so i you don't have to do that. I mean, you don't have to do anything. You can play the rules however you like. And I mean, there's, um, I think I don't like gatekeeping. Um, I think everyone should play Nuzlocs however they feel like they want to play them. Like if you want to use items in your battle, that is totally legit. And if people look down on that, I think they should reflect on themselves and be like, okay, maybe there's people who have fun in a different way than you out there. Mm.
0: Um, yeah, I'm seeing that a lot with, with accessibility <laughs> and gatekeeping. Yeah.
2: there's, 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 yeah, I wouldn't say it's the norm, but there's a, maybe a few elitists that you okay. <laughs> that are going to be like, oh, what you use items or, yeah. I mean, I didn't, but uh, I've I've seen it in other chats, and uh, that that just makes me very, well, uh, not angry, but it. <laughs> I definitely start typing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Frustrated.
2: Several yeah. people are typing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh.
2: Uh.
1: No,
0: well, Ed, what has been splitting your time this week?
1: Um I'll go through mine quickly. There are there are two games that I've been playing this week. Um, one very briefly, and they're very kind of opposite, really. Um one is Sifu. And the other is Tales of Arise. Now, Sifu has been quite controversial since its release for two reasons. Firstly, because of its representation of of China, of martial arts, of Asia, um, and as a as a white British man, that's not something that I am you know able to comment on. Um, but there have been a lot of sort of controversies about that. What I will say is that it's full of stereotypes, like very obviously full of stereotypes. Um, and and that's not for me to say whether they are offensive or not, but they're there. Um, even the storytelling, the story is literally your father dies and then you have to enact revenge and that's it. And you're like, okay, well that's obvious and cliche. Like mm-hmm. it, It's not doing anything particularly new. So in terms of its representation, that's not for me, but like you can tell anyway that it's full of stereotypes and it's slightly lazy storytelling. Um, the other reason that it's been controversial is because it's incredibly difficult. And I'm i I'm a fan of difficult games, um, difficulty subjective, everyone, you know, these things need to be accessible so that everyone can play them and decide what level they want their difficulty to be. Um, And I've enjoyed Returnal. I've enjoyed Dark Souls. I'm looking forward to Elden Ring. But Sifu is too (laughs) difficult. It is the most frustrating game. I played it for one evening and was like, nope, I'm done. I can't play this again. Um, A little bit like Sekiro, it sort of revolves around parrying. But the timing for that parrying is absolutely minuscule. Um, So you've got to get it exactly right. And even when you do, there's not enough feedback. So it's not like, bam, and slow-mo or anything like that. It's literally just a little push, and that's Mm -hmm. it. So it's really hard to not only get the timing right, but to understand when you've got the timing right in order to learn from that. So it just becomes really hit and miss. And there are some really cool ideas in the game, the way that it loops. It's got these sort of roguelike elements to it. Um, You go back and... Uh, and play levels again without dying, because when you die, your character ages. Um, and so, which again is sort of an excuse for different martial arts stereotypes, really. But um, it has some cool ideas, but it's just too hard. Mm. <laughs> it was so annoying. Um, and they have now, I mean, I've written a couple of stories this week. There's one that, if, when you look at the trophy data uh, on PlayStation, you can see that there is a massive drop of people that have got past the second level. So like the second level is just too hard. People can't get past it. Like 80% of people who have played it have finished the first level and then 30% have got -hmm. through the second level. So there's just a huge drop of people being like, this is too difficult. Um, And before it was released, the developers said they weren't going to add difficulty modes. And they've now gone back on that and said that they are actually looking at doing that, which I think is a great thing because as I said, despite the representation there is some really interesting stuff in this game and the combat has the potential to be fun. It's just too hard. Mm. It's just way too hard. I very, very nearly threw a controller at TV yeah. screen and I thought, I do not wish to play this anymore. Because <laughs> we, we're oh, going to no. do a quick
0: look of it at some point, but I'll wait till the easy mode comes out because you don't want to just see me die over and over and over again to like the first level because otherwise, I mean, I'll get frustrated. It won't look, it won't be interesting to watch. And uh, yeah. I think we'll wait a little bit for that to come out.
1: Absolutely. Um, So the other game I've played is Tales of Arise, which is the opposite end in that it's just really relaxed. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's easy. Um, It's not super, super easy, but it's relatively easy. And it's just a really solid JRPG. It looks beautiful, great anime characters, um, great music. You know combat's really fun it's a little bit button mashy but you can just go through encounters and just enjoy it and sit back and relax mm. and it's become a game that i'm really enjoying relaxing to in an evening you know ella talks about having cozy vibes yeah. like for me this is bringing that in a sort of JRPGness way That's so nice um it's just really relaxing um and after A stressful day at work, and then a stressful however long playing Sifu, I was Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm just going to relax and play a nice JRPG. It's not doing anything particularly original. It's just really, really well made and really Mm. fun. So I would definitely recommend it. I mean, it came out a while ago and I'm playing catch up, but I would definitely recommend it for JRPG fans.
2: Is that the latest Tales game? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you
1: like like a JRPG, Ella?
2: I love JRPGs. They are just always very long and quite the commitment. So yes. I <laughs> I wish I had more time because I really love them. Like Final Fantasy X is one of my absolute favorite games Same. of all times. Uh, I cry every time. And yeah. also a, a masterpiece I have not finished yet is Octopath Traveler, which is Ooh. such a great JRPG. I'm,
0: I'm, my that's current, because Ed was talking about, Tells of Arise, Arise being like, like your kind of chill, go-to-bed game. Like my chill, kind of relaxed, go-to-bed game is uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive on Switch, which is also mm-hmm. amazing. Like that, if you're looking for a good, like, Switch game. Oh kind my of gosh. I need to play
2: the Xenoblade games too. I saw yeah. the trailer announcement on the Nintendo Direct.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Made really me cool. feel like, oh, I'm really missing out and I know it, but... Uh, <laughs> Wish
1: I had more time about, for games. Something about JRPGs that's just really relaxing. Mm. I think. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the random battles that are sort of repetitive in a meditative kind of way. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They're just relaxing. I think.
0: Doesn't tend to. I mean, maybe the final act gets really, you know, big and stuff, but there aren't. It just kind of. I don't know. I just feel like you can go in and out. You don't need to have like a commitment for, and you have to wait for a break in the action to stop, like in some kind of big open world games we have to wait for like yeah. certain story arc to kind of finish before you otherwise you'll get lost the next time you go in whereas i feel like yeah JRPG, you can just put it down you're in a cave okay i'll just put it down and come back and i know exactly where i am <laughs> yeah Whereas something like horizon Ar- you don't Sorry. want to be climbing a, a mountain where you you kind of learning and getting all this information as you're climbing up a tall building in horizon because you just know that when you come back you'll have forgotten everything that you've been uh,
1: mm. been given tales of horizon is very episodic as well so it's yeah. very clear that you're in this area and then you kill the boss and then you move to the next area and you go through the story and kill the boss. So you can sort of play it in chapters quite nicely, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of how I've ended up doing it. Because I started it at Christmas and have come back to it the last couple of weeks and I'm straight back into it. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. nice and chilled.
2: Nice.
1: nice. Okay. Oh, just before we split the
0: headlines, can we have like a one minute break? Sure.
2: That sounds that like a good
0: idea. And we're back. All right. So, uh Ed. Nightingale of Eurogamer, what has been split in the headlines
1: this week? Let's race through. Um, so, some good news for Mario Kart fans. Um, <gasps> <me>. Last week, <laughs> there we go. It's all of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> yeah. Last week at the uh, at the direct, they mentioned the DLC tracks, and I think people have been wondering, well, what's the access going to be like for people playing online? And basically, people have discovered in the the sort of small print, um, if you're playing with other people that have the DLC, you can also access those tracks. So, for instance, online. So, for instance, if if I've got the DLC and we're all playing online, if I vote for one of the DLC tracks and it gets picked, everyone can play it regardless if they own it or not, Mm -hmm. um, which is nice. So, it means that even if you're not paying for the expansion, if you're playing with other people that do have it, you can still play the new tracks. That's good. Which is nice. Yeah. I, mean, I think you get the DLC really.
2: for free, right? When you have online, no?
1: Yeah, with the exp- the online expansion. You get it as part
2: of that. Oh, the expansion one. Okay, okay. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense then.
0: Mm, I wonder. Yeah. If, yeah, I wonder if they're like, okay, well, this because the moment the Animal Crossing DLC was included, that came out with it. I wonder if they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we need something that'll make people play, but not just you know, not just for one. Uh, like one week or one month yeah. or something. That's why they're releasing this every however many weeks, I'm guessing, yeah, until the end of 2023. Paying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm happy to do that, even though I'm on somebody else's plan as a family member.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. And also announced last week at the Direct was Nintendo Switch Sports, which is the spiritual successor to Wii Sports. Yeah. Um, and this is your notice that they are doing an online playtest this weekend. Uh, saturday sunday which you need to sign up for in advance so if you go to my nintendo now you can sign up um and then you get a download code so you can download the uh download the little play test uh, and that's this weekend um i believe it's only the uh tennis and bowling
2: bowling let's go <laughs> yes <laughs> i also
1: saw um, as well you can't um stream you can't
0: stream it is that right and also, is it right? And you can't buddy up with a friend. Uh, you can only play randomly against. It'll randomly right. place you with other people. You can't. Yeah, you can't do co-op.
1: Yeah, I think it's just a stress test, really. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's also not compatible with Nintendo Switch lights because it's all motion control. Oh. So you have to have an original switch
2: mm. with the joy con can't toss the switch light through
1: the room <laughs> <laughs> so dangerous <laughs> Oh no! Uh, but yes go go download that sign up and, and download and get playing this weekend because that's gonna be fun um now we talked about uh pokemon legends and this is your spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't started it mm. so come back in like a minute um <laughs> Basically, people have gone out of bounds and they've made some discoveries in the game. <gasps> and there's someone called Deep Game Research who has discovered a modern bedroom what? hidden on a map. Now, if you've played the game, you'll know that at the start, yeah. it starts with you traveling through time and coming back into the past. And every other game starts with you in your bedroom with like the, the latest games console. And so someone has found a room in the game that is a modern-day room, and it's got a Pikachu-themed Nintendo Switch. So people are now speculating, well, what does this mean? Yeah. (laughs) And on the one hand, it could be that originally the game was intended to start in modern day a little bit more before taking you there. So maybe it just exists. But then people are saying, well, does this hint at DLC? Um, We're all hoping that DLC is coming. Could this be they're already part of DLC that's coming? With a modern day bit, people are all speculating now. Mm. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting, firstly, that it does start differently to every other Pokemon game. Yeah. Because I think every other one starts in the
2: bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, actually, Gen 3 starts in the truck, right? You're in the moving truck.
0: I have not played that. I feel like, yes, that rings a bell. Uh, yeah.
2: Sapphire Ruby, you yeah. start in the moving truck. <laughs> but every other one has, I believe. All yeah, Pokemon games so. start
0: in the bedroom. <laughs> it sounds oh, so
2: wrong when you were God. saying that.
1: <laughs> Let's not get yes. there.
2: Okay, single, okay. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I think a remainder might be more likely. Um mm. but who knows?
1: Yeah, I
0: can't think how they would yep. include that in a
1: DLC. Yeah, yeah, well, people are saying like, oh, well, will they change it so that there's like a little modern day bit in DLC? And mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if they would do that.
2: Wonder I if... think, yeah. yeah sorry, sorry. No, I not. was just, I was just thinking, yeah, because I mean, spoiler, spoiler, uh, don't listen, uh, because <laughs> you're going through that space time rift, right? Yeah. From your time, so maybe originally yes. it started there. But then mm. they were like, maybe they couldn't really make it work with how you get in there. So they were like, ah, let's just start in there. <laughs> yeah, it does
1: feel quite sudden. The game literally starts with that and yeah. you, just, you just go.
2: I Und- could totally imagine that, to be honest. That they intended to do it in that bedroom, but then they were mm-hmm. like having a hard time to make it add up.
0: Unless they send you... Back there, like you find a way to get sent back there, and then you can Mm. go and access another place from that.
2: All the places connect in a big open world. Mm.
0: That'd be the hub that you go back through there, and then you can go to some other worlds.
2: Wow, makes you dreamy. Yeah, okay. Spoiler over. I think. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Um. So yesterday's big news was the return of Cyberpunk 2077. Now, this was obviously pretty controversial when it came out, partly because of all the bugs, and it was in a terrible state and was unplayable. There was also a lot of criticism around sort of trans identities in the game and representation and things like that. Um, They've spent the last year cleaning it up. There is now a patch that's come out for people who already own it, and they've now released it on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. Um, It is an improved version. The bugs mostly don't exist. Um, they've added in new features that should have been there at launch.
2: Naked um, showering.
1: They, yeah, thought. you can now, now when you shower, apparently your character actually takes their clothes off, which is, you know. <laughs> Did they not take A great before? feature to include. Okay. <laughs> I think it's like, if you looked down, it was like, you could see the outfits and now you can see like, naked arms. Woo. Oh, okay. Um,
2: <laughs> wow. Unfortunately,
1: they haven't really <laughs> changed any of the representation, which is sad.
2: Mm. They haven't
1: really done much to relationships either. They've added some, some extra details. So you're, the characters you have a relationship with is in it more often, um, but they haven't added any new ones. I wouldn't say there's better LGBT representation in it, which I think is going to be disappointing to a lot of people. But at the very least, the game is now more playable than it was. Um, and if you're interested in it, there is a free trial as well which I think gives you five hours of gameplay. So if you're interested, you can go and try it out. Um, but yeah, some things have changed, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done on that game to make it what it could and should be.
0: Mm. I'm going to give it a go. I got it. It was, yeah, it's £20 right now, which I think for, if you want going to try it out and you do think you're going to enjoy or you're going to end up fancy playing, I think that's a, a decent amount. But yeah, I'm going to, I'll give it a go. Yeah. See what I think.
2: It's definitely like one of those launches. Like it reminds me of No Man's Sky that were like where you really see how how it has like such an effect on when you release a game and which state. Like it's never gonna get away from that reputation ever again, even if you fix it up later on. Because No Man's Sky, for example, is a really good game by now. Like they made a lot they did a lot of patching and it works really well.
0: It's coming to the Switch. But everyone's
2: yeah, (laughs) Yeah, everyone's always gonna remember it as like the game that was not at all what it was advertised Mm. so it's really sad because there's so many hours and so many talented people working on it and then it's like you know decisions from higher up that just you know kind of kind of makes me very sad um
0: obviously rushed yeah
2: a lot of people are certainly put their entire heart and soul into it Mm. um yeah yeah
1: absolutely um ben you've just finished playing horizon zero dawn
0: i have yeah i've done another i did a quick playthrough because i played it i've actually got the platinum of it on ps4 and i was like you know what they brought out the ps5 version but i ended up just getting it on pc because on epic it was really a really really good deal and i fancied playing it on uh on the graphics on here and
1: yeah i yep. loved it really good and the new the new one is out uh well friday I was going to say tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's called tomorrow, because tomorrow. This is, this is going out on Thursday. This. So yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ella, are you a fan of Horizon? Have you played it?
2: I have not played it, but I'm a fan <laughs> because uh, Alloy is a badass, mm. as far as I know. And I've been, I, I looked at some articles and... <sighs> What they've done, like with that character, like the animation, the the, the graphics, the little details that they made, it's mm. incredible, absolutely yeah. mind blowing to me. I I don't know, it just looks photorealistic, even better than photorealistic. Mm. It's incredible, amazing.
1: Very much so.
0: Even most you get, like um, you saw the picture, like the like the slight hair, you know, like you just oh it's my. Just so... God.
2: Yeah, i it's... had to laugh so hard oh that person
0: circle around it oh, yeah. why I'm does like, she have a beard
2: you've never been five feet in front of a woman <laughs> yeah, <have> exactly <laughs> <you>? like, <laughs> like
1: oh, yeah i've seen so oh many memes though now god. of like different video game characters with a huge beard oh the my kirby god kirby one. yes <laughs> oh no no i remember that kirby oh, one it's no it's
2: so funny it is so funny oh. listen
0: Um, just gamers to uh, embarrass themselves
2: gamers
0: Gamers TM
2: (laughs) oh my
1: goodness Um, a couple of bits of Horizon news Um, firstly they're getting very ecological as part of the promotion um, and they are basically planting trees for (gasps) everyone that gets a certain trophy which I think is quite an early trophy Um, and they are supporting some deforestation projects uh, in the US Um, I believe Playstation France are doing something as well and in the UK, um they are they partnered with the Eden Project to do um wildflower planting uh, and there are no NFTs tournament. in the game, are there? There aren't any NFTs, no. <laughs> Just so yeah, with all these games bring
0: out NFTs that you know destroy the environment. The environment, yeah. Here comes Horizon doing the
1: opposite. Exactly. Oh, so good. Um, and what they're also going to be bringing out is some Lego. So <gasps> they are doing a tall neck Lego set. Uh, the tall necks are the really long, one, uh, t- tall ones, obviously can uh, that, you, that you climb.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, which are coming out on the twenty second of May for seventy nine ninety nine. Um yeah how, how tall are they? It's thirty four centimeters in height. Thirty four centimeters. That's how tall a tall neck is.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's kind of bit. Yeah.
1: Do you want? Uh, <laughs> can you world. guess?
0: That could be taken out of context. How many that could... <laughs> bricks?
2: <laughs> so <How> funny. <laughs> We should, <laughs> we should get a gif of that. <laughs> what have we been talking about? Yeah. Uh, Ed, how tall is a
0: tall neck? How,
2: how we...
1: uh, clip that nick. Good. good one. Uh, good one. How how many bricks do you think that is? Two thousand two hundred and
0: fifty
1: nine. Interesting. Ella, what's your guess?
2: Uh for what is it exactly?
1: So how many bricks are in the in, in the Lego set
2: what's the Lego set exactly like what's the motive
1: um so it is a tool deck from the game which is like a really tall robot
2: oh um, okay I am guessing it's uh, 1128
1: oh you're actually really close what <laughs> it's 1222
2: okay Whoa. wow okay <laughs> I did you ever?
1: Well, very close.
0: Did you ever guess? Did you ever win the prize at like the fair when it's like guess the number of you know jelly beans in a in a no, car? Like not kind of...
2: ever. But it's I don't know. It's, uh, it's a talent. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> That's good.
1: Um, and last quick bit of news: um, the Sonic the Hedgehog second movie is out in April, uh, and they have already greenlit a third one. So they're going to be making a Sonic the Hedgehog movie three. Well, I'm Sonic very...
2: really, really grinding out those movies. Like they, yeah, it was such a disaster. Sure. Then it was so good. Then everyone watched it. It was this huge success. And now, look at them go.
0: <laughs> I'm so. I want a Detective Pikachu
1: too because I love the Me original. Me <laughs> Oh my
2: god. It's not happening.
1: They've already said it's not happening. It's not coming back. No. No.
2: <gasps> yeah yeah this as well at times it
0: was a great film it
2: was really it good it was a I, really good film i only
0: watched it like six months ago it was uh it was a lockdown <laughs> a lockdown mm. thing and i really enjoyed it
2: well at least uh sonic is on a roll oh
0: hey. yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm
0: oh.
1: sorry and with that that Got was a ring headline.
0: to it <laughs> 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 oh right. god so we're talking about split opinions now. We don't. We haven't asked this question in Discord, and we're not recording this live, so we haven't got the chat to help it. But we do have some great questions that have been written by Ed over here. So
1: three questions.
0: <laughs> I count four. So
1: well, it's just to just to get us going, really. Um, what I thought we could talk about because Ella is Ella is here as our accessibility expert. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it would be really interesting to talk about accessibility on Twitch and basically sort of get a better understanding of what we can all do to improve our Twitch streams and to ensure mm-hmm. that our Twitch streams are accessible. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yes, because Ella, that, that thread that you wrote on Twitter, was it a year or two ago? Yes, yeah,
2: I think it was 2020, right? Yeah,
0: it was so useful. Um, and I, I added captions to my... Stream because of this, and that's
2: so good. Got, I'm so some, glad. The
0: other, it was really useful. As it gave loads of explanations how you can improve it, but also why you should improve it as well. Yeah. Um, in just such a nice way that's not like if you don't do this, you're, a, you know, you you are the worst. Like no, it's this will help you. You'll get more <laughs> viewers as well. You know, if more people.
2: Come yeah, for it. sure. Yeah, you're so, opening opening up your stream for everyone, which yeah. is really nice.
1: So I thought I'd ask firstly, Ella, just sort of a bit more about your job and you don't have to tell us too much about it, but just sort of what kind of stuff do you work on in in accessibility as part of your job?
2: Yeah, so I work as a user experience designer. So my job is to ease and facilitate everything that has to do with the, well, the interaction between software or service or product and the user, right? And the user Uh, is my most important stakeholder so i have to make sure that everything uh, we do all the all the features and all the all the things that we develop are working as intended and intuitive Mm. for for our users right so you find the right information where you need it and everything is very clear it's i always call it i always call it like a, a a little bit of an but it's not an ungrateful sort of discipline. But when your user experience is perfect and right, no one's gonna notice yeah. it. But if something is annoying and bad, everyone's gonna notice it. Mm. So <laughs> it's it's one of those things. So that's what I do. Uh,
0: being in a company yet, obviously, that work that has somebody that does that. Can you tell when you play games that have maybe not got somebody that's there helping them or somebody that's maybe not as effective? Can you tell when when like for example? Um. Oh, sorry. What was the game you, we were talking about earlier? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, for example, Pokemon Legends. Can you tell oh, when yeah. there are games that really have kind of shirked away from implementing this kind of stuff?
2: Oh, I definitely never want to, like, drag down the work of colleagues. I yeah. think mainly, like, user experience is a priority thing, right? So it's all project management. Like, how much emphasis and how much priority are the higher-ups giving this topic and uh, are they thinking that it's important enough to assign resources and time to it Um, also going into um, access or like user experience in general is a very data-driven discipline so all our information is um, coming from the users in the best case obviously you learn with experience and there's like a lot of skills and and empathy that you need and and all those things but at the end of the day everything you do everything you design you want to get validated and verified by people who are actually using it because at the end of the day you're just one person and that is not a representative sample size so I always find it funny when people call me an expert because I'm like well actually I'm just a listener and I am just like taking in everything and drawing my conclusions from that and I, um, I still think that's that's the best way to go about it. And I think that's where a lot of downfall is coming to, not just on the organization part, but also I think if, um, if people or designers um, think that their opinion or their bias, like especially bias, and here we get also into accessibility because um, we all have like a, a bias from ourselves. So if I see this color contrast, everyone's going to see it. No, that's not true. Um, that was just a very simple example. But uh, I think that's why it's uh, very, very important to really draw yourself outwards and uh, be like, okay, look around and uh, make sure you make the best decisions based on everyone's uh, greater good, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I learned recently. I was speaking to some disabled streamers for, for a piece and <laughs> you know, one of the biggest things that came up was that, you know, disability in particular is different for everyone. Everyone has different needs. And so something like accessibility, there's no easy fix to these things. Um, And that must be an interesting part of your job of trying to come up or trying to sort of like you say you're listening to people like how many people do you listen to before you're able to make a decision because mm. there are so many differences in the people and and, and or, or everyone and, and how they interact with mm. games so yeah. that must be a really hard part of your job
2: there's definitely tendencies um that you can work with especially when it comes to accessibility and I always say accessibility should be the name for usability because usability is kind of like, oh, it's a great experience for everyone using the system. Right. And if we say everyone, then it should really be everyone. Um, And we always have this bias. And here we come back to disabilities as well, because they're kept inherently invisible by society and so many other factors that play into it. So we don't know exactly how a disability looks like. And also they are all different, as you just said. Um, So it's um, just very important to um, consider as much as possible. Um, I'm obviously still learning and I will always be learning on this topic. So I never want to be like, okay, I want to set this in stone and this is the best way to go about it. But how I personally like to go about it is, first of all, read a lot and listen a lot, like just by reading articles like you're writing or um, going on Twitch um, looking how, for example, I don't know, a person who is blind is playing Pokemon. Uh, and suddenly you're like, "Oh wow, yeah, I never thought about this. So you're, you're always learning, evolving and you're adep- uh, applying that in your in your daily work. Um, so So that's very important. Uh, but I also want to go away from the understanding that accessibility is like really hard to do because a lot of things are very easy fixes. Like they are very easy, small decisions that you make daily, um, that just makes someone's life easier just because you thought about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's why I think, um, specialization and customization is like, especially the deeper you go, the more detailed you go, the, more complex it might get but I do think that you can cover a lot already with like thinking very universally um and just knowing that there's not just able-bodied people out there
1: yeah absolutely so if we bring this to to twitch streams then um yes why is it important for us to have or to be inclusive and to think about accessibility when it comes to Twitch streams, you know, what are the the benefits you've already mentioned, you know, that it's increasing your audience size and, and, uh, and your community, like what benefits can, can there be to accessibility?
2: I mean, it's pretty much like the, the core message of diversity and inclusion, right? Like we are, uh, making sure that everyone has a place on the table and that everyone, um, has equal access to all aspects of life. And that inequality is, um, it's a very mean cycle um, because people with disabilities are less likely to have a job or a good education, right? Because the world is designed around able-bodied people because there's designers or the designers of the world. And uh, that includes me as insignificant as I am um making decisions that are not serving them and um or not catering to them and that again results in um decreased quality of life and that again goes then into like poverty and and all these really real factors and and i think uh it might sound a little bit silly to be like, "Oh, why should I make my Twitch stream accessible?" Or no one's watching me anyway. You're just you are making the world a little bit more equal, and I think that's a mindset we should apply to every little thing that we can do. And and if it's in our power to do it, then there's no like, there's no reason against it. Um, apart from that, and it's. I always like refer back to, (laughs) I had like a lot of Eureka moments on my accessibility journey already. And I'm very, very grateful because uh, people are amazing. Like once you get into that world of creators with disabilities, like you really, like, I don't know, you just realize so many things about the world that you did not know before. And um, something that really was stuck in my mind was um i there's a youtuber and her name is molly burke and molly is um blind and um she she makes like lifestyle videos like fashion like vlogs everything it's it's really fun and she's amazing and in one of her videos she said uh just as like a side note it was not even about that but she was like you know like in my house i feel I don't feel disabled. I know where everything is. I can move around. I'm so independent. But once I go out, I suddenly feel like, and I know that I have a disability. And that's like so sad to me because it could be so different, right? Like it could be, why is the world not catering these people? And I mean, there's obviously a long history to it and everything, but I just think there's no reason. Um to exclude people and to not strive for that equality.
1: Yeah, I I think there's definitely, I love what you said about (laughs) being equal, absolutely. And I think as well, there's that thing of when when you go the extra mile to help people who are disabled, actually everybody benefits from that. Um, yeah, everyone you know, I, does. I've noticed that I mm. actually really enjoy playing games with subtitles on.
2: Yes, oh, yeah.
1: I, I wouldn't necessarily need that, but actually, mm. I much I find it so much easier to follow yeah. when the subtitles and I, I don't need that, but I want that. So it's great <laughs> that it's there. Mm.
2: Did you know that curbsides on sidewalks were originally made for people in wheelchairs, and now everyone's using them. I mean, you use them with your bicycle. You use them with your children's um yeah like Mm. a buggy yeah like everyone's using them and they make everyone's life easier even though they were originally made for people with wheelchairs and it just shows like it's a very real life example how um these technologies really benefit everyone and um also we're all aging uh most disabilities are developed in age um mainly like 60 and up uh but we're a generation we rely on technology and we love playing games and we want to keep on doing that we'll still do that into
0: our 60s hopefully yeah so
2: so if we don't invest into you know improving that and making that possible what are we going to do later on i mean obviously that's a very selfish perspective but it's something really to think about i think it really should show you the significance of why this is important yeah um it's it really is for everyone yeah,
0: no. I, you were just talking about, yeah, something that like you watching movies with subtitles. There was a, a game I recently started playing and I can't remember what the option was, but it was to limit the difference between the loudest part of it and the sh- and the quietest. Um, mm. I can't remember mm. what it was. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> I want to turn that on because <laughs> it's just, it's perfect. Because, you, you know, you can play it at a low level and it's, yeah, it's for accessibility, but it's also makes it so much easier for you as well. Mm. Which I think more games need that option. yeah. That's
2: really cool. I
0: can't remember which game it was. And actually, that's
1: that's something that...
2: might be
0: Falza, which we know is very good. It's it's a a new game. It's a very recent game that uh, had it.
1: That's something that came up um, talking to disabled streamers as well. And something that Twitch needs to implement is the sound balance between a streamer and then the adverts. Because sometimes adverts Mm. come in and they're super loud. (gasps) And and that can be really intrusive
2: yes that is so true do you uh, use the
0: audio enhancer thing i think there's a i don't know if it's a better ttv uh thing it's next to the volume there's like a, a a bunch of lines and if you press it it kind of balances out the audio and it puts it i think i think it puts it the same level as like the adverts it's really useful oh
2: that's really good oh. to know oh, it's, um, not... it's
0: ffz audio oh, compressor okay
2: yeah. wow but it's so Good sad time. that twitch doesn't do that from their <laughs> side right there always have to be third-party things i feel like there's much more resp- yeah. responsibility with uh the the companies honestly like mm. yeah conscious always rely on people making modifications or uh, yeah. figuring it out um i think that's uh, that's just uh rolling the responsibility onto someone else
0: yeah i that yeah. like i suppose yeah for now. PCs is just like the most, must be the most accessible one for people with all the mods mm. and the quality of life improvements.
2: Yeah. The web, especially like, um, web in general has like the most, uh, developed sort of accessibility guidelines and, uh, obviously screen reader compatibility and all mm-hmm. that. It's, uh, it's pretty good by now, but that doesn't mean that everything, everything is following, uh, yet. Yeah. Yet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> So Ben mentioned a thread that you did um, previously explaining some options of what we can do to, yeah. to make our streams more accessible. Um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about what some of those features are. Um, I know one of them is around closed captions, which seems mm-hmm. to be a bit of a debated topic in terms of how, how to implement that and what's the best way of implementing that on a stream?
2: I think the best way is a lot of people use the Twitch extensions, um, which is fine. But if you want your captions to be available on your VODs as well, um, you want to use the native player Twitch plugin. It's not from Twitch, which is really funny. But you can basically... The Twitch player has a CC option. um, And in order to turn that on and off, you have to use an OBS plugin. And uh, I put the link pretty much everywhere. I have it (laughs) in my stream too. We'll post it in the um, to, chat
0: when this is going live yeah, as well.
2: <laughs> please do. Yeah, it's it's really easy. Like I know that GitHub sites are a little bit intimidating, but all you have to look at is like just the README and the explanation. It's really just copying a file into your OBS folder. Yeah. It's really not bad. And then you make a couple of um. You can customize it in OBS, and then you just roll with it every time you go live. And the captions are available on your bots too, which is amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: And can people turn those off or is it like hard-coded into the...
2: Yeah, no, they can turn it on and off. They can toggle it on and off. I think there's a problem on mobile though. So that's a little bit of a... I think mm. mobile is a bit behind on that. Um, not entirely sure. I think a viewer was just recently saying that they don't work on mobile, which is a little bit disappointing.
0: Room for improvement there, mm. but that's mm. really good. I need to do that because yeah. I've just used the, the browser-based one. But yeah, you're right yeah i mean it's better than
2: better than nothing like it's always good when people have them
0: i love it's got little it's got they've just added a new thing where it's like we'll pop into your chat if you've if you're streaming for 10 minutes and you've not turned it on we'll pop into your chat and remind you in case you've forgotten to click start (laughs) yeah
2: yeah that was the biggest thing i always forgot to turn those on as well when you have them in obs you just don't need to do anything anymore Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, the first few weeks—it's so easy to forget, and then you just have to kind of force yourself up. Okay, I'm yeah. going to load up these two tabs, and then this
1: third tab needs to be turned on.
2: Yeah. So, um,
1: what what other features are there to to consider?
2: Um, something that I see a lot is that people in their panels use pictures as text. So, uh, Twitch unfortunately does not uh, support alt text, which means alternative text. Um, so you can. Like you should do that on Twitter, for example. Every time you post a picture, you have to put some alt text so people using screen readers can get a little description of the what the image is. Right. Um, so you just have to like describe the image. It doesn't have to be very detailed. It just to give some context what's there. And a lot of people on Twitch use very clean. I, I get it. It looks very clean if you don't have like any text there, just pictures. But it's inaccessible uh, for anyone. Uh, using a screen reader and also might have some uh, readability issues or legibility um, depending on the font, uh, it can yeah. it can impose some uh, obstacles. Um, something I also see a lot is when people put links and they call the link here. <laughs> because people <laughs> so something you need to know is that people using screen readers often navigate from link to link. So they know where they want to go. They, they're they not going to go through maybe all the text, but they really navigate through. And if you have three links that say here, here, and here, then you're like, what's here? Where does it lead? Ah, where does it go? Really yeah. So you want to really like say, okay, this is link goes to YouTube or, or something like that. I had that. no idea about that. Yeah. <laughs> to,
0: I'm going to go check out my page <laughs> after this. And...
2: <laughs> yeah, that's I some... think that's the thing. Sorry, go on. No, no, that's uh, just a classic, and I've done that too. So it was a good learn learning yeah. lesson.
1: I think a lot of people that don't use them maybe don't understand how a screen reader works.
2: because yeah. I wouldn't
1: have known that without understanding that.
2: I I think it's a very. I mean, obviously, I have I do that for my job, but just like seeing the first time, like someone using a screen reader, was very fascinating to me, and mm. it. Definitely made me want to find out more about it. Last year, I did my CPACC certification, which is um, basically like an essential accessibility certification. So I had had to learn all those things. But it's definitely, as I said, like once you once you connect with with people using different tools and just um, you know making making things work in a in a different than you know normative way um you're inherently learning and um, i think that's very very good for mm-hmm. sure
0: Absolutely. <sighs> yeah i checked i'm okay there are no hairs they're all the names <laughs> <laughs> <So I'm good. laughs> okay that's everyone's good.
2: panicking now yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah it's a good uh, it's a good thing i wonder what else was in that thread Uh, I think I, like, it's been two years. I'm pretty sure I would, first of all, write more things, and I would probably write some things differently, too. Um, It kind of, I guess sometimes I feel like I don't know exactly how to treat my role as, like, an accessibility expert, because I am, I mean, I am on the neurodivergent spectrum, but um, I don't have, like, a... um, well, physical disability. So I always say, I always want to say I'm a catalyst, not uh, an ultimate source. And I think it doesn't replace at all to listen to people who actually uh, are in that community and do experience these obstacles every single day. I guess one thing is also, you know, being inclusive and actively advocating for accessibility features. Like if you're a streamer, like if you're able-bodied, check those settings for accessibility and uh, be vocal about, oh, look, there's like in Pokemon, there's no accessibility features. That's disappointing. Mm. So your viewers know and they are yeah. going to check too. And the more that word spreads, the the more pressure maybe there can be created on, on companies to really have those features.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's a big thing that um that steve spawn said to me which was that actually twitch can be a really good resource for disabled people to find out whether they can play something or not yeah. yes. um, and actually if you're at the start of the game and you're going through and saying here are the options let's let's look through this that gives disabled players a chance to see that for themselves and then they can make a decision okay well do does that work for me can i play this or not um and twitch mm-hmm. actually could be really positive in that respect um to allow you know disabled streamers to to find each other and and learn about how they can stream and and how they what games they can play.
0: I've got yeah. your thread by the way. Yeah, the other, the only the one that we haven't mentioned was I believe like com- uh, formatting your text, having visual hierarchy.
2: Yes. Yes, yes. So text formatting is also a big thing like uh especially where people with dyslexia or uh, in general like just to visually um make your text more readable because there there's it's definitely like a readability thing. Unfortunately, Twitch doesn't give us a lot of options to do that, so that's definitely on on them. Mm. Um it's a little disappointing. Uh I think one thing is also to in- use inclusive language um, altogether because mm-hmm. that's definitely also an accessibility thing. Um so inclusion is definitely part of it. Mm. Um
1: one other thing I've just thought of, um, and I don't know if you know the answer, just thinking about screen readers, but also thinking about the chat and how quickly the chat's moving and the use of emotes as well. Like that must yeah, be really difficult to follow. That is,
2: that is super difficult. Actually, that's a big problem because um, right now, if you think of a Twitch name, uh, it has a badge. It has maybe a VIP badge, then a subscriber badge, then a gift badge, yeah. and then a timestamp and then the name and all that is read out.
0: Yeah. I mean, every if you time. Exci- if you accidentally copy and paste a whole person's username plus yeah. their badges, it shows up Chia 500 yeah. and i like all the and,
2: and that's a problem because there's no filters. And I actually put a, I put a request on the Twitch user voice board because it was also Ross telling me about this issue. Mm. Um, we should post his link in chat, by the way, at yeah. this point,
1: uh, he's amazing.
2: Yeah. Um, and uh, he was also telling me about that this is really a problem because you can't filter out emotes. You can't filter out those badges. Mm-hmm. It's it's really uh, like it can get really overwhelming and annoying to use a screen reader on chat. And chat is like the feature on Twitch that is the out, the world that connects you to your viewers. And if, if people can't access that or only with like a lot of like you, you got to have a strong mental for that um that's terrible that is so sad why does twitch is 10 over 10 years old why does this not exist The filter should be so easy yeah that should be so easy
0: yeah get rid of the badges the badges it's just usernames needed isn't it Username yeah the just text.
2: just give give people a filter to turn off emotes and to turn off badges and just have the clean chat yeah i don't I don't know why that's honestly I don't know yeah. I mean things... of course uh, it's never like I know backlogs are are long and mm. big but I feel like that's one of the most essential things.
0: You'd think there might be a you know like a NFFC or a, like another kind of plugin that would do it but it shouldn't be down to third party that should yes, be. Yes
2: I think there's they are using workarounds I don't know how exactly okay. it works but have workarounds but it shouldn't be the case especially for people Mm. who come to the platform for the first time they shouldn't have to seek out tutorials somewhere on reddit to to watch twitch yeah that's like make it easy for people uh when they already have to struggle so much in their daily lives really
0: yeah
1: exactly exactly okay hey do you have any more questions or I feel like we could talk for so long about <laughs> yeah, this. But yeah, we catch you for so long. I'm
2: so um, sorry. But, I'm, you know, I get really in-depth. Well, we'll
1: just have no, to invite you on
0: again, day. hopefully, sometime.
2: <laughs> Please do. Yeah. I'm so happy to.
0: Well, thank you so, so much for your time and, uh, and your expertise. And I'm sure that people who are like other streamers and people watching this are going to learn from this. Or picking yeah. up one thing from hopefully. this, at least one thing. and
2: close captions in <laughs> yes put your close captions <laughs> yes.
0: in make it the native one as well yeah yes <laughs> all right uh okay ella where can we find you
2: uh you find me on twitch.tv slash cafe ella i stream on the weekends because i have a full-time job uh, but yeah evening european time and very happy to have you anytime
1: and uh thank you very much for joining and ed where can we find you you can find me at ed underscore knights with an n on twitch and twitter and you can see my writing at eurogamer excellent you find me twitch.tv
0: slash biggest and i am biggest one on twitter that person still hasn't logged in in 12 years but i still can't get that, uh, that account.
2: <laughs> i feel the same with cafe ella i'm the cafe ella but uh <laughs> that account is inactive yeah. cafe Ella, please so annoying.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh. one day they'll just have a big release of anybody that's like not logged on in about ten years and yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna hopefully. be the first there. All <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much. You can find us at splitthescreen.com. Uh if you want to find the links to Spotify, uh Apple Podcasts, Amazon podcasts, any other RSS feed or any other podcast reader. If you go to splitthescreen.com, you can get all your links and uh, details on there. Um, Ed, you, you can say the goodbye thing that we do.
1: Yes. Big thank you to Ella um, and everyone else. We will see you all next week. Be there or, or be. be split. Split. <laughs>